Hello everyone. I am excited and I'm happy to be here again for another discussion. This is the part two of um, the people we meet obtaining help. If you missed it, go back uh, into the podcast, um, Hour of Healing. You can find it there because it was impacted with so much information and insight. And you want to follow along as we dive into uh, today's discussion. So if you don't listen to that, you might be a little bit lost, but we will try to help you out. All right. So this is Hour of Healing, uh, part two of the people we meet obtaining help. I am your host, Candice Foby and Dr. Joe is in the hot seat we're going to be discussing he's going to be the informant today and i'll be throwing him with questions so um the last time we discussed who is a helper again i really encourage you guys to go listen to it. who is a helper uh how do we get helpers and how do helpers bring healing that's where we ended and we'll go into that and continue with the conversation today we learned that we we get helpers through being obedient being humble, um, humility, our um, making our request or our needs known through communication, proper communication. And so the list goes on, but let's get into today's um, uh, part session. And so we'll pick up with the question, how do helpers bring healing? And I'll hand it over to Dr. Joe to give us what we talked about a little bit in the prior session, and then we'll continue from there. Absolutely, Sister Candice, uh, and thank you so much uh, for hosting us again today. And um, like you rightly said, in part one, we ended at um, how uh, help us bring healing. And I remember you had, um, in asking your question, you had given the example that um, if I have uh, a bill and somebody comes and pays the bill, how does that bring healing? And so remember in uh, our explanation, um, what I had talked about was that true help in life brings or gives us advantage. And everything that we do in life, uh, I may be oversimplifying things, but please permit me in my humble opinion to suggest to you that all that we do in life is to gain advantage. We want to gain advantage socioeconomically, and so we spend years and years in school to become the um, lawyers, the doctors, the accountants, the investors. Um, everything you do, spiritually speaking, is not to be any bigger or anything like that. True spirituality even comes from the place of us being completely empty. Why do you empty yourself? You empty yourself so you can gain an advantage. Because right. if you do not have a lot of baggage on you, then the enemy doesn't have a lot to weigh you down on. And so all that we do in life, my dear listener, is to gain an advantage. And so true help brings or gives you an advantage. And I believe the example I had given was that when you take the example of the bill that was paid for, um, the person who paid for your bill did not only just give you money to go um, pay for a bill, but rather they gave you an advantage of time because you would have spent time to be able to get that money. We talked about time being the currency that you can exchange to get other things. 
And one of the things that time can buy is money. There are other things that buys money too, relationships being one of them. And we will talk about that uh, <laughs> next week when we talk about relationships. And so the person who gave you that help uh, gave you the advantage of time. They also gave you the advantage of resources because resources is what you exchange for money to pay that bill. And so when someone stepped in and said, Oh, I heard you need $20 to pay for uh, your phone bill. So this is $20. You are being given that advantage in resources. Uh, Sister Candace, the, the, the sad thing, uh, you know, is that a lot of people, and I believe you alluded to this in part one, that a lot of people do not realize help from this perspective. And so they are unappreciative. Uh, somebody will say, well, what did he do? He, he just gave me $20. Uh, he probably has $1,000. He just gave me 20 <laughs> What does that mean for them? Oh. It means time. That person who gave you that small amount of investment spent time, spent resources, spent knowledge, spent effort. It goes on and on and on and on. And so um, what I had said was that uh, many of us go through life making the mistake that the people who are unsuccessful or who are stuck in life are stuck because they lack talent or they lack skill. But my dear listener, I want to humbly submit to you because in my personal experience, I have met people who are very talented, who are very skilled, but because of the <coughs> lack of a helper, because of the absence of a helper, a true helper in their life, they are stuck. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of um, preachers talk about destiny helpers uh, and the likes of those things. Uh, I, I, I'm not going into um, all that because I believe that all true help gives us advantage, not just in the area of our destiny, but in every area of our life. And that is where the healing comes in. Yes. Because time brings healing. After all, we have a saying that we say that time heals all wounds. Have you ever sat down to think about that statement? That time heals all wounds. What did time do to your wound that made it heal? Right. Time never came, in my opinion, uh, to massage or to dress <laughs> anybody's wound or to put any medicine on anybody's wound. But no matter what you go through in life, no matter the deep, the depth of the hurt, as time passes, we see that that wound, that hurt begins to heal. Why? Because time as a currency has an ability to induce, uh, to, to, uh, to alter your reality. So your perception of the pain and the hurt, because you are exchanging that with time, it decreases it. And that is why we say time heals wounds, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, as I was saying, that many people are stuck because they lack help. So how does help us bring about healing? That the first thing that I had mentioned was that help us, true or genuine help us bring connection. And it's the connection that brings healing. You know, there was an army general uh, who was very famous in his region. Okay. He was very loved and respected by his kin and was very feared 
and honored by the neighboring kingdoms as well. And one day, this general's uh, wife had a slave girl. And the servant girl said to the general's wife that if only my master was in my home country, there is a prophet there who would have healed him of his disease. What disease are we talking about? Friends, this general, in all his influence and might and strength, suffered from leprosy. And that, even though on the surface appeared to be something that was not hindering him in life, because after all, he has become one of the most powerful people in his region, mm -hmm. to the extent that he is feared by those in and outside his region. So on the surface, you will say it's not preventing him anyhow. But that is not the case. As the story unfolds, we realize that this was something that was very, very um, serious or very important for this general. Mm -hmm. Because when the, uh, the servant girl's uh, words get to the general, when his wife tells him that, he goes to the king and says that, I have heard that there is someone who can cure me of my leprosy. And the story goes on to say that the general was sent to meet this healer, this prophet, with carriages or with loads of gifts to go and get his healing. Do you think if his leprosy wasn't bothering him, he would even bother to bring it up to the king? Let alone if it wasn't something that was a bother to him. Do you think they will carry all those amounts of gold and silver and ornaments to go give to the person who will heal him? Mm. What am I trying to get to you uh, or bring to you with this story? My dear listener, your helpers help you sometimes or in most cases by connecting you to the right people. Right. You know, though this person was a servant girl, she had something that the general needed. Like Sister Candace said in part one, everybody needs help and everybody can be a helper. This servant girl had no money, had no influence, had no resources. She was a slave. I am using the word servant girl for our time purposes. She was a slave. As a matter of fact, she was captured during a war that this general had gone and fought and won and brought her as a trophy. <laughs> so she had no business helping this man. But true or genuine helpers connect us to the places where we need our healing the most. Mm -hmm. And that is what helped this general to get his healing friends your helper might be the person who even connected you with this podcast or the person that you will be talking to about this podcast you can be a helper to someone remember if you need help or whenever you need help find somebody else who needs help and help them mm -hmm. your help might be you sharing this podcast with a friend yeah because the healing they need they may get on this platform your help might be directing somebody to a shelter your help might be sending that application list to someone 
And so help us bring about healing by not in themselves, but rather connecting us to our healing source. Someone might be hurting, at the verge of hurting themselves, committing suicide. And friends, the only thing that stands between them and suicide right now is the words that you will send on the text message, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. That alone might be the means through which they get their healing. So what are you waiting for? You have in your availability, you have in your possession the ability to be a helper to someone right now. You have in your possession the ability to make life easier for someone right now by forgiving them, by reaching out to them, by giving them the help that they need that you are aware of and you have an abundance of. Before before you go on, I, I just want to bring this point before you um, continue with your point. Um, based on what you were saying, what I just, um, the revelation that came to me is that actually when we are of help to others, um, it actually defends us. Our help to others serves as a defense to us. Um, I don't know if you have that listed. It, 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 our help defends us. It's so, um, it's so powerful um, to think of it in that essence because say if Dr. Joe wants to do something against me, or like, for example, like with a person that wants to commit suicide um, um, apologetically, and someone says, I forgive you. You know, just that forgiveness has defended them. It has protected them from something bad that may have happened. With the case of the bill, they may have been evicted. But your help to them protected them. It defended them um, um, from the hands of um, the landlord. So our help really can serve as a defense. So um, Dr. Joe, if you can go on on, on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, dear listeners, uh, you see why it's important that we tune into Hour of Healing. Friends, it's not that I want to um, uh, puff out or I want to uh, call you to tuning in every week. But by the grace of God, I believe that this year, a lot of people, way more than in season one, will be getting their healing. Because protection is our point number four on this list. Because many a times, we don't give help or we don't get help because we lose out on having that foresight to see the end of what the lack of help will do. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in part one of our conversation, I told you a story about the paralyzed man who went to the uh, pool to be healed. I'm pretty sure that when the man went to the pool, he went there with the expectation that I don't want to be in this situation anymore. So I'm going to go get my healing, come back, work, make money, take care of my family, take care of my parents, take care of my friends, and all the good things that we all dream of. But if the person who took him to the pool knew that the man's season would turn to be 38 years, hmm. I'm pretty sure they would have waited yeah. and taken him inside the pool themselves. True. But because they could not see the end of what that dropping him off would do, they put him there and left. And the absence of help led him to be in a place that he was supposed to go for a season 
which means one or two years ended up being 38 years yeah you may be in a position right now where you need to ask for a help how about you ask for that forgiveness from your parent or from your friends yeah. or from god yeah you may be in a position friends if only you will see what your 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 seeking for help will protect you from if only you will see the protection and the security that will come at the end of you seeking help i am very sure that you would not have any second guesses about it hmm. but because we do not see it because we do not realize it sometimes we don't get the help that we need Mm. And the unfortunate things, unfortunately, happens. So help or a helper brings about healing by protecting us. They mm. protect us from ourselves. They protect us from predicaments. They protect us from trials and error. Because when you get help in that career field by someone who has walked that path and knows the hurdles that you have to go through, they don't only save you of the headaches that you were going to go into, but they save you from the pain of toiling night and day without results. Mm. I'm pretty sure that if Thomas Edison, when he was trying to invent the light bulb, after he had tried the, the, the fifth time and couldn't, uh, wasn't successful or failed in that step, if he knew what he had to do for the hundredth time, he would have done it. And if he knew somebody who could help him do what he will learn at the hundredth step, at step five, he would have done it. Mm -hmm. Friends, genuine help brings protection to the mm -hmm. people we offer it to. Mm -hmm. And when we seek help, we also get protected yes yes the second thing i want to talk to you about is that helpers teach us mm -hmm. the helpers teach us we can't know it all we can't be all-knowing that is an attribute of god that he never shared with any human being so when you get to a place my dear listener that you feel you don't need to learn anything May I humbly sub submit to you that pride has set in. Mm. And if you are at the spot or at the place where you realize that you don't know everything, then, like we said, you are a prime candidate for help. Yeah. Somebody can teach you something. Yes, yes. Help us teach us. And the teaching that they give us makes our lives easier yeah the teachings that help us give us saves years of effort mm -hmm. or mistakes mm -hmm. i want to be able to jump to the next one because this is just question one and we're still not done with it mm -hmm. um help us help us heal also by giving us counsel by giving us counsel. You know, in Proverbs, it says that in the absence of counselors, 
there is failure or defeat. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We mm. talked about protection. That is Proverbs eleven fourteen, I believe. You know, in the multitude of counselors, in the multitude of helpers, there is safety. Why? They are helping. Because they are helping you. Because counseling saves you from damage or from failure or from trauma or from giving up. Counseling gives you hope. Counseling puts your mind in a position where you see your present situation, but you are assured of a better outcome. That is the role of counseling. That's why when you go to counseling, most good counselors will tell you that we are not trying to um, uh, get you to forget your pain. But rather, we are trying to help you live through your pain. Because, friends, whether you can see it or not, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Especially if you bring, or when you bring your life to Christ, when you realize the help of Christ in your life, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. Because, let me, let me I just got this in my, my spirit, and so I will share it with you. Jesus is the beginning and the end. He is Alpha Omega. We have put the word and in there. The Bible in its original language never had that word and in there. He is not Alpha and Omega. No, he is Alpha Omega. Omega. He is at the beginning and he is at the end. Now, this is why there is always light at the end of the tunnel. Jesus is the light. And so no matter what you go through, the person at the end, Omega, is light. So there is always light at the end of the tunnel. And the only way you will realize that is through counseling. Yeah. And so help us, help us heal by giving us counsel. I will probably share two more so we can go to the next section. Um, and the, the two that I want to talk about from this list that I have here um, is helpers are intercessors. Mm. They intercede for us. You know, something happened in my life. I probably was around six years or eight years. I was very young then. A very close friend of mine, I only had two close friends when I was growing up as a child. And uh, one of them, who was about two or three years older than me, came, took me out, was buying all these things and giving me some, uh, he would buy food, buy some for me. He even bought me a plastic ball. <laughs> and I asked him as a child, I was like, you have money today. How did you get it? And he said, oh, my uncle came to town and he gave me the money. And I believed it because every time his uncle will come to town, he will give us money. Now, in the evening, I'm called or I'm summoned to my own house with all the elders in the area in the house. And the question they posed to me was, Joe, did you take your mom's money? And I said, no. 
Then they said, then how did you afford all those things that you were buying? Because this seller came and told us this, this person came and told us that, this person came and told us that. And Sister Candace, I kid you not, everybody there, you grew up a little bit in Ghana, so you know what it means when all the elders <laughs> in the community have their voice on you and are accusing you. Nothing I said could be heard. So I started crying, hysterically. And Kwame was standing there saying that I brought the money for us to buy those things. But then a lady stood up and she came straight to me and she asked me, Joe, I'm your mom. So tell me the truth. Did you take my money? And I said, no, mom, I did not. And she said, Joe, don't listen to anything anybody here is saying. I am your mother, and I believe you. Mm -hmm. At those words, my tears ceased. And up until today, no matter what wrongdoing I do, I will call her and tell her. Mm -hmm. Because at my deepest moment of need, she became an intercessor. Mm -hmm. And that is how you help. Mm -hmm. You realize that I say this with all humility but when someone invests their trust in you don't take it lightly mm. when if you have not gotten to the point where everyone is pointing fingers at you you may not understand the magnitude of the story i just shared with you mm. but i i don't think i was even eight years old i don't remember a lot of my childhood but dear listener, I remember the story even now. I don't remember any of the negatives that they said. <laughs> but I remember this woman saying, I'm your mother. And so if everyone here doesn't believe you, I believe you. She interceded for my soul. Mm. And I say that because... It is this same woman's faith that led me to Christ. Hmm. I saw how she, out of all her uh, headaches and all her headaches, had remained faithful to God. And I said, there must be something about God that this woman has found. And the end is history. This platform it's possible because of my relationship with God that started because this woman interceded for me when I was a little child. Mm -hmm. She was my intercessor. So what healing is greater than this? Yeah. Help us bring healing. Another thing or another way helpers bring healing is by carrying our burdens. And friends, we cannot possibly explain this in its entirety every help you get is a burden that is offloaded from you yeah every help no matter how small no matter how big and then that is all i'll say on that because friends i can't possibly <laughs> explain that enough but let me add this to you because you know one thing that as I was preparing for our conversation today came into my mind was 
the idea of helpers casting out pride. You know, humble you. <laughs> pride is you seeing yourself as the answer to all issues of life. Pride is when you get to a place where you think of yourself as the source of the things that you need rather than the channel through which things flow. And so when people help us, when helpers come our way, they come our way as channels. Remember in part one, we define as uh, uh, all help as coming from God through men. So helpers come to us as channels. And if they come as channels, then what else do we have to say but to realize that we ourselves in being solutions to other people's problems are channels so in a way help us help us heal by getting rid or casting out pride mm. we have a section on pride later in the year so we will we will talk a lot about that but sister Candice, i i want to end them here because i know our time is fast spent and this is just the first question so these are some of the ways that i believe that um helpers help us heal thank you very much thank you that was a load <laughs> i hope you all can rewind and fast forward and rewind and because that was very insightful and um my question to some of them is that um i just want this to be clarified to our listeners is desiring help the same as seeking it because we have you know made people aware of you know how to obtain help to seek it, to search for it, to probably identify as well. But if I tell you I've been desiring for someone to help me, you know, I've been praying to God, I've been, you know, it's in my heart that I need help. Is it the same as seeking? I'm not so sure of that. Can we clarify? Because somebody may be listening and saying, I've asked, well, not asked, I've desired help all my life mm. and I have not gotten any help from anyone. That's some of the statements that people make. So is it the same as seeking? Absolutely. I will, uh, we will try to clarify that. And in clarifying that, um, one of the things that I will say, Sister Candice, is first of all, it's not the same. Okay. There is a huge difference between desiring for help or desiring to do something and actually seeking for something. You know, um, and the, the difference lies in their definitions or their meaning. To desire is a passive uh, word, um, is to have something in your heart that if it happens, I will be happy. If it doesn't, life goes on. Mm. To seek for something is a verb, it's active. You seek something as though life itself depends on it. Mm. And so when you are seeking for something, the idea or the rationale is, this is important to my well-being. If I don't get it, life will not be the same. And mm. so the meaning of those two things is what influences their difference. Mm. You seek the kingdom of help because your life, your eternal life and your current life depends on it. Mm. You can desire for the kingdom of heaven all you want. Mm. But you may not get in. As a matter of fact, you will not get in <laughs> if all you do is desire. But mm -hmm. if you seek the kingdom of God, then 
Friends, Bible gives us enough information for me to stand upon that authority and say, you will get in before you even leave earth. Seek and you'll find. Yes. <laughs> right. So that is the difference there that so, I, I want to bring up. So that means we have to do something. Something has to come out of us to gain, to obtain. And I think that, that will bring us into the next question, what prevents help? Because you can desire all you want, you know, sit at home, desire all you want in your heart and just keep thinking about it. But if you don't do anything, if you don't try to put whatever you want to do in motion for people to see the influence, to see the impact, to, you know, gravitate to it to help, to speak it out. If you don't make any action, any verb out of what you want to do or what you are desiring, you can prevent your help. So what prevents our help let's dig deeper into it what prevents i think i have given you guys two ways to, uh, that prevents our help so dr joe is going to add more to it the absolutely. last session i gave you one and i think this one i also gave you one <laughs> absolutely sister candace um this is indeed a loaded question and it does certainly tie in to uh desiring versus seeking because you know um the the, the, the fact of the matter is uh, the mere fact that people desire help um, is the reason why they don't get help in the first place. <laughs> um, rather than seeking help, you know, um, uh, it's interesting because uh, growing up, um, uh, I, I, I was all sold on the idea that helpers are hard to come by. Mm. You know, um, I always uh, say that uh, in my family, in my extended family, there is, when I was growing up, there were people who could have helped me or helped my side of the family at every stage in our growth, but they refused. And uh, the truth is that I, I cannot say that um, these people who did not help were wicked because I saw them do it for other people. Um, I saw them uh, share or give help to other people. So I cannot say that they were wicked. That's why they didn't help us. But I certainly will be sharing more on this um, uh, as we talk about relationships and things like that next week. Uh, however, I bring this up now um, uh, to say that in life, there is a place always for divine help. Um, that's the help of the divine, the help of God, there is always a place for it. Because again, all help comes from God through men. I, I remember um, a story of one um, very powerful man in uh, the country of Nigeria, Benson Idahosa, uh, who uh, the story says that he um, at some point uh, was he was not even in ministry at this point but a man comes from a, a foreign land a foreigner comes to nigeria and says that i'm looking for a man benson idahosa and at this time he's he's not that famous he's not uh, that big of a person but the man says that god has sent me to come take him to america to study <laughs> and he wow. knew nothing about benson idahosa he did not even know how this guy looked like. Wow. Again, I know in part one, I told you about, uh, I said I will tell you about the story of John G. Lake, 
So I will give that and tie these two um, together. John G. Lake and his wife and their family decides to go on a missions trip to South Africa. And this is not a three-day missions trip. No, they sold everything that they had because they were convinced that they've had the call of God to go to no. South Africa. They depart with their close friend and with nothing because they've sold everything to buy the tickets and all those things. No church is sending them. This is a call they believe they had from God. But would you believe me, Stakendis, if I tell you his story goes uh, in a way like they get to the harbor because that time they had to go with ships. Okay. They get to the harbor and there's this lady, South African lady, um, just looking for someone. And she is stopping all the missionaries that are coming off the boat and asking them, how many people are in your family? And people are like, oh, four, three, two. Mm -hmm. And when they give the number, she says, no, you are not the person. Until she gets to John G. Lake and says, how many people are in your party? And he gives the number, five. And she says, you are the one. And he says, what do you mean? He says, God told me to prepare a house with this number of rooms. Oh, my God. This person with this number of people coming to South Africa for missions. And I wow. have sent him. John G. Lake's. Uh, spends years in South Africa. Unfortunately, he loses his wife in South Africa, as a matter of fact. But he spends years in South Africa. Mm. This is a man that Candace, um history has it, that during an, a, an epidemic in South Africa, they will put gems on his hands and the gems will die. Years mm. in his ministry there. But I say that to say that there is always room for the divine or divine help. I mentioned my story because I believe that I have been divinely helped. Men have helped me, but I believe that those men would not have helped me if God had not made them. Because some of them, there were people who were influential in my career choice who knew nothing about me. So there is always place or room for the divine help. But I also want our um, listeners to understand that though these helps that I have mentioned to you comes from relationships with God, but people can still prevent you from getting help. Mm. And that's it's the first thing that I want to mention. I know I've said that next week we will spend about two weeks talking about relationships alone because I think this is so important. The relationships that we form and the relationships that we do not form. Mm. Because your relationship with the divine might be great. Benson Idahosa, John G. Lake may have the best of relationships with God at that time. But if the human vessels did not cooperate to do what God said to them, imagine if that woman, instead of making or uh, uh, preparing a five-bedroom house, had prepared two-bedroom house. <laughs> do, do you get what I'm saying, my dear <laughs> listener? So there is a place 
also for human cooperation. And that is why I think that the absence of human relationships is one of the biggest reasons why people lack helpers in life. Yeah. One of the biggest. Because human relationships is... God will put a lot of blessings behind the door for you. But friends, you will need a key to open that door. And that key is not in heaven. It's in the hands of a human being. Yes. The money or the, the financial breakthrough that you are seeking for, that key to that door to your financial breakthrough is in the hands of someone. It could be a politician. Anyone. And so if you miss out on that relationship with that person, what will end up happening, my dear listener, is that you may realize the door and it will have your name on it. Everything about that door will show that you need to get in there because that is where your financial breakthrough is. But because you lack the key, you will break into it. And at that point, everything in that door is not yours anymore because you have violated the principle of opening and accessing. You have violated the principle of access in life. Mm. Doors give us access. And mm. so if you do not enter the door the right way, you don't have access. Even mm. if your name is on the door. That is why when you lose your car key and you call AAA to come help you, when they come, the first thing they do is they verify that that car is yours. Mm-hmm. So the absence of human relationships my friends, will cost you dearly. And it's one of the biggest reasons why we do not have help. The second thing that I want to share with you is the absence of vision or lack of conviction. As I mentioned in part one, it is very difficult for someone to believe in your dreams if you do not believe in those dreams yourself. True. If you are not convicted convinced if you are not convinced my dear listener that you have what it takes to finish that law degree why do you expect someone to pay for the fees for your law degree when you are not convinced if you are not sold on the ability of the product that you are selling why would you expect someone to buy it if you do not have the conviction of the help you need and how that will help you, how that will be a source of healing for you. Why will someone invest their time, effort, energy, and resources to meet that help? That's true. So I believe that our lack of vision and our lack of conviction also is part of the reason why we lack helpers. Third reason that I believe as the source, I know our sister Candice gave two already, so this will probably be like the fifth reason, that mm-hmm. we lack helpers in life is fear of retribution. We lack helpers because the way we behaved when we helped someone, the, the way you went about telling everybody and their mother that you helped this person, in a fear in a state of fear that when we get help 
when somebody else helps us, they will do the same thing. <laughs> and so the way we, we, we behave, when we are in a position of helping someone, becomes a reason why we lack helpers. Yeah. So fear of retribution. You know, there are some people that, Sister Candace, I tell you, you don't want them to help you. <laughs> Because the little that they will do, everybody will know. Everybody in the world will know that it's them that helped you. And I believe that was part of the reason why when I said my story, I said it was divine. Because there were some people that if they had helped me until date, they would say that they made me. Yeah. And I would have taken their help because I needed it. But by the grace of God, he prevent, He blinded them to my knees. And so they did not help me. And as I get older, I realize that it's actually a good thing that they didn't help me. <laughs> because the way they will laugh at, especially knowing where God is taking me, the way they will behave. So friends, when you are in a position of helping someone, please do it out of love. Don't assume that because you have been an answer to someone that you are all enough. You are not enough. You are not Jehovah Jireh. He is the only enough person. I wanted to actually ask a question. Are all helps good? So I think you have answered it. Absolutely. Because somebody may say, oh, I've, I asked somebody for help or somebody helped me and now... I'm more damaged than I was before, you know? So um, in, in light of that question, I think it will be fair to know what help is good. How can we identify a good help or should I say divine? I don't know, but um, without falling into the trap, because somebody may be listening and they will just open yourself completely out to everyone and say, oh, hour of healing pushed me to this, you know, but we still have to maintain caution because in every good there is bad. So Absolutely. can we share light on, you know, how to identify, how to know what help is good. And I think you have already started on that. Absolutely. And um, I mean, to just for completeness, that actually ties into an episode we did on success when we talked about how we get good success, because um, mm -hmm. that the reasons or the ways that you identify good help in your life, are the same ways you identify good success and you identify good help by understanding and by discernment that's why as you uh you may have realized that i keep emphasizing that if you do not know what you need or if you do not value what you need how would you even get the help because um for all you may know somebody may just want to help you in order to hold it over your head for the rest of your life as mm -hmm. i said in my example and so if you have the right relationships then you will know the right ways to get help mm -hmm. and so you don't want to miss next week as we talk about relationships <laughs> because i believe that that will tie into a lot of these things as well right so um two more ways that we block or we prevent help and then we can finish um our section today uh we listed a fear of retribution already 
but mm -hmm. also mishandling help opportunities mishandling help opportunities i believe um one of our sections this year with dr brighter j will be evaluating opportunities in life and i believe that will be very profound and that will be very powerful because i always say it and my friends laugh at me when i say it but even prisons have doors yeah the door that you open in life that you may consider to be an opportunity might end you in jail and so you have to be very careful the doors you open in life and mm. sometimes mishandling help opportunities is what brings about this misappropriation of doors concept that we will talk about in evaluating opportunities because you know as we mentioned uh, uh previously in season one and you may have heard me talk about this over and over because it's something that i truly believe in life that each and every person no matter who you are whether saved or unsaved your opportunities in life will surely come mm. but the problem is if you are not prepared for that opportunity you will mess up and if you do not realize those opportunities you will mess out no matter how prepared you are mm -hmm. and so it's very important that as we prepare for the opportunity of a lifetime that we also envision what the opportunity of a lifetime may look like and then obviously leonard ravenhill uh, famously uh, said that the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity and that is if the opportunity for your help comes and you mishandle it that can be the reason why you mess out on the next yeah. opportunities of help in the future and then um briefly uh, the last one that i will uh, mention uh is pride and i know we have uh, touched bits and pieces of pride even in season one so i'm praying to god uh to give us the grace to be able to talk about pride as a subject um, <laughs> this year on hour of healing but pride also prevents us from getting help it uh, makes us lack helpers and we've talked a lot about pride, um, but again, I go to the tortoise on the pole, <laughs> the turtle on the pole, um, saying that if you see a turtle on the pole, realize that it did not get there by itself. Um, and makes um, pride in life, my dear listener, in all humility, makes us foolish. Pride makes you foolish, and the reason why pride makes youth or as foolish is that it blinds us to the realities of the circumstances that we have around us it blinds us to our need for helpers and it also gives us this false sense of an arrival mentality and so um pride certainly makes us foolish in that sense uh but for the sake of time i i want to end here because it's hour of healing so we do not want to go above that hour 
Thank you so much, Dr. Joe. Thank you, all listeners. I believe we will wrap up today um, on the people we meet obtaining help. And one of the things that I want to leave you with is um, don't target a group of people or one person in your life to be the help you need. You know, just be open and seek for it because you never know where your help can come from, you know, divinely from God or through man, from God. So let's be open to obtain this help. And like Dr. Joe said, let's be about action, you know, the verb aspect of it, not just desiring in our hearts. And I know that God will lead us to better places. Um, So we will wrap up today on Hour of Healing. (laughs) I will leave it to Dr. Joe as he closes us off. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much, dear listeners. Uh, Again, this is Hour of Healing. And we have been talking today about the people we meet. Dear listener, remember that in our first episode on season two, we talked about the fact that the people we meet on our way up are the same people that we meet on our way down. Mm -hmm. And remember that nobody stays on the top forever. In the same way, my dear listener, the people who seek for help never stay on the bottom forever. The people who are diligent and active about getting help always find a way to ascend because those who are climbing the ladders of success in life dear listener will always have someone to push them remember we talked about a helper being someone who makes life or a performance of life task easier but i don't want you to leave our podcast today with the false understanding that anyone who promises you an easy life is giving you help. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, Satan uses this as a a strategy to lure so many into distraction. He uses people's desire to be helped as an avenue to hurt them and lead to their ultimate distraction. Mm -hmm. But friends... I want you to realize that all genuine help come from God, but they come to you through men. Mm -hmm. Above all, God is the helper for everyone. In Mm -hmm. fact, God's word reveals his nature and his character as one who is burning and is full of the willingness and the ability to help you right now. So, friends, I cannot conclude our discussion today on obtaining help in life without talking to you briefly about this person who can help you and also lead you to the right people to help you and has the connections to be able to bring you the help that you need. Yes. Friends, everything in this world, nature as we call it, everything under the sun, has a window of opportunity. God can use. Money, riches, can answer a lot of problems in life or a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, riches are worthless. At a certain point, what point am I talking to you about? Friends, at the point when it comes to matters of your soul and your eternal home, 
Dear listener, your time to obtain help from God is right now. Mm -hmm. Your time to obtain help from God, to move from darkness to light is right now. Mm-hmm. Riches will answer a lot of questions. But in Proverbs 11, I believe verse 4, he says that riches is worthless in the day of judgment. When the day of accountability comes, your riches will be worthless. But the good news is, there is someone whose help for you will not be worthless. And that is the one who died to save your soul. Yes. I'm talking about Jesus, my dear listener. He wants to help you. One profound thing I heard recently from a preacher is that when you have gotten to the point where you feel that your life is worth nothing, rather than ending it, how about you surrendering it to somebody who can do something with it? Mm-hmm. And for you, my dear listener, who is at the peak of your success, but you are lacking God, remember the overarching theme for this discussion is that success is guaranteed. But it's not just any success. True success, good success is guaranteed. And there is no good success without a relationship with Jesus. So as we end our discussion today, dear listeners, make it a point to seek him because he has all the help you will need. As a matter of fact, he gave you his spirit so you will have help. And I believe that with the help of God and by establishing relationship with men, we will be able to get to where God has set for us to get to in the year 2024. God bless you so much for tuning in to Hour of Healing. Uh, We look forward to bringing you a discussion on relationships next week and in the weeks after. God bless you so much. We will see you same time next week. Bye-bye.